From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Friday, January 5th, the year 2018. I finally said 2018. In the previous podcast this week, I said December 2017. Not good. Um, we welcome you inside on this wild card weekend, this cold wild card weekend. It's under 10 degrees right now in the swamps, and we welcome in for the first time friend of Jordan, friend of Chris, friend of Praise, friend of the show, and we finally synced our dates and got it right. Nick Fouché, hello, sir. Hey, Jeremy, how's it going? So you wake up, it's a Friday in January, and you see this big story from all Patriot fans' favorite company, ESPN. Oh, God. <laughs> about rifts in the wonderful marriage that is Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady. And this story plays out over the day, and then you get this report, uh, just over an hour ago, as we taped this at 8.16 p.m. Eastern Time from Gary Myers of the New York Daily News, that Bill may be interested in this unique window to lurch to the Giants and get out of this mess. Uh, what do you make of all this? Um, I see, I don't think there's a chance that that happens. I mean, it's, it's hard saying that because there's always a chance that anything could happen. Um, I think... There, I mean, this, this story in general, there's got to be truth to it. I don't think that you could have three people uh, like uh, that, that you have in um, you know, New England have that degree of success and not have you know, super, super huge egos. Like you got Tom Brady, who is going for a sixth Super Bowl ring. People are saying you know, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. You got Bill Belichick, who is arguably going to go down as the greatest coach of all time, and you have Robert Kraft, who will probably go down as the greatest owner of all time. So everyone wants to be the greatest of all time in their field, and now it's kind of like it's so weird how um, the narrative of kind of the Patriots has changed over the years. Like they used to be this huge. Cinderella story, you know, they beat the Rams, that wasn't supposed to happen, you got rookie quarterback Tom Brady, it's all, you know, so much excitement, and now I feel like people are putting this spin on it that, um, well, Brady wouldn't be Brady without Belichick, and Belichick wouldn't be Belichick without Brady, and then you have Kraft, you know, trying to play, you know, with both of them, and it's it's definitely difficult in his, um, his job you know, to be on each other's side. But I think people are making a huge deal out of this. Um, I don't see Belichick leaving at least this early. I think he would, I think he's going to wait until Brady is gone and then maybe venture off and see if he can make something um, towards, you know, the end of his career because his career is definitely ending. As a coach, I would imagine. Um, I feel like it would be foolish to take the Giants gig. I think there's way too much going on over there. Um, like, he's got noise to deal with here for sure, but uh, the way the Giants season ended this year, I think there's way, uh, there's way more problems over there. I don't think he'd go there. You know, what's interesting about that is that you've got this conundrum with Eli of, of, of 
how good do you think Eli can be? Do you continue with Eli? Do you draft somebody? Do you, you know, do all these things um, with a team that has a lot of offensive talent? I, and I'm obviously not a Giant fan, but I've been saying that I would keep Eli for two years, don't draft somebody, worry about that later. Uh, I'm not even impressed with a lot of these quarterbacks in the, in the draft. I think the best player in the draft is uh, Saquon Barkley. And bolster the line, improve your team, and go for it because you've got the offensive talent there, excuse me, to to win this thing this year, or, or sorry, next year. What confuses me about Belichick is that wouldn't you in your right mind want to leave with Brady and just say goodnight and just, you know, walk off in the sun? You are, as much as your ego, as... as as much as these guys may have egos, isn't your best scenario to win to stay attached to Brady for as long as humanly possible? Yeah, I mean, I, de- I definitely agree. I think to any normal, you know, human mind, they would say exactly that. Win, and then when it's over, just leave. Leave on top. You know, you're going to have this extraordinary career. Nothing, you know, no one can ever take that away from you. But it's just like the sick thing that I think a lot of um, the greatest, you know, athletes and coaches and even not, not necessarily even the greatest. I think every athlete and coach has the same mindset that they want to be the best. Like they, want, they don't want any doubt in their mind that they want to go down in history as the greatest ever. And I think tying Brady and Belichick in together, I think that hurts both of them. I think that hurts their egos. I, I necessarily don't care. I, I'm like, okay, tie both of them in. You, I can say Brady is great because of Belichick. Belichick's great because of Brady, and that's fine because I'm a Patriots fan, and we're, you know, we're winning the, the championships. Well, not... Not me specifically, but the royal we, um, and I think that I think that affects them deep down. Like I think they want to prove to the to each other into the world that they can do this on their own. However, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it would be foolish for either one of them um, to go to a different team. Let's look at this playoff picture. This story aside. Is this the easiest road in the AFC that you've seen in a while? And who do you think, who scares you the most um, in the NFC? Um, they, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's so weird. But like, I do, I'm very lucky, say, as a Patriots fan because the AFC is always so bad. It's an easy road. I know when Denver, when Denver was good, like, they were scary. That was not an easy victory at all. But uh, lately, I mean, last year, they just they rolled over um, Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh definitely scares me the most this year. Their offense is so good last year. Uh, they didn't have Antonio Brown. And then uh, Bell got hurt. Or did they? I don't remember. But Le'Veon Bell went down, like, early. And so it's like you don't even need to worry about the run anymore, and they just kind of rolled over them. If Bell and Brent can come back and be healthy, and now you have um, Juju Smith-Schuster, and you 
know, you got Martavis Bryant who can, you know, has got that big playability. Uh, they scare me. Like, I, there's no reason why they can't come into Foxborough and, and walk out with a victory. Um, I think people downplay them a little too much. I think they're a, kind of a hot mess after the, that whole controversy of uh, their regular season game that, you know, they're like, oh, Big Ben froze up and, you know, he threw a terrible pass and it got intercepted and they lost. But, hey, they were that close to winning, and if that call doesn't get overturned, they do win. So they definitely scare me. Um, I'm not too afraid of anyone else in the AFC. The Jags' defense scares me, but their offense does not scare me at all. I still don't trust Blake Bortles at all. He could win the Super Bowl for the next eight years in a row, and I'm still not afraid of him. It's one of the flukier um, playoff teams in a long time. You have a great running game, great defense, and a quarterback that makes Mark Sanchez like dumb decisions. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, that, they should be interesting. I mean, they have a, like, they could beat Pittsburgh. You never know. That defense, and next thing you know, you know, you get, you get a couple good plays on offense, and you got yourself a game. So, they're scary. The Chiefs beat the Patriots, you know, first game of the year. Um, they're most likely going to play the Patriots next week. However, I think both teams are, are different um, since the first game. So I think the Patriots should win that game. And then you never know, battle it out in the trenches and, and go to the Super Bowl. Now, over in the NFC, that is where I'm just so happy that I do not like a team out there because they are all just – so, so, so good. Um, I think if I pick a team right now that I think is going to make the Super Bowl, I think I think it's going to be the Vikings. I think they're hosting. Um, their team is just so scary. They're good on both sides of the ball. Their defense is unreal. Um, I think they can definitely make a ton of noise. And if they have home field advantage in the Super Bowl, that is going to be Hell of a game. I am also pretty afraid of the Rams. Um, the Rams came out of nowhere. Their offense is just incredible. Uh, I had uh, Todd Gurley and Robert Woods on my fantasy team this year, and I did extremely well because of the two of them. Um, so I know how dangerous they can be. And then, you know, you have the Falcons who who are just in the Super Bowl. They can make any type of noise. You got the Saints. You got Carolina. Like, there's some real teams. The Eagles came out of nowhere and were just unreal. Their defense is stellar. They have a good offense. But losing Wentz, I think, might be in their heart. I don't see them making the Super Bowl, but you never know. They could come out, but I think the Minnesota. For my money, it's the Rams, uh, and and it will be fascinating to see how if if Philly can can get themselves back in order. I don't know if we can trust Case Keenum yet. I, I talk about this every week. I'm on on the Sunday Sprint because Lucas is a um, is a Vikings fan. I don't know if you can trust Case Keenum in a big spot. We'll find out next week. Um, but that'll be really fascinating uh, to see if if Case Keenum can do his job and not make any dumb mistakes um, while in a big spot. We're finally talking with Nick Fouché on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling, and we're going to hodgepodge all over the place. Best five rappers ever and best five rappers currently. Ever, man. Um, I, just, I 
And I've I've been asked that before, and it's so hard to put together because it's like rap is so different. Like any type of music, really. It's like, but I think even more so in rap, it changes. You know, with with the era that you're in, and have a best rapper of a certain era. And you can listen to old-school rap, and old-school rap is so cool, it's so raw. You have these very simplistic beats, and you got these, but, you know, you have these simplistic rhymes, and it just, like, it sounds so cool. They tell a story, and then it's, you know, kind of when it made its way into some gangster rap, and it got a little harder, and they're talking about And then you you got, like, the, the backpack rapping and, um, and all that, and it's got, like, it became more about you know having money not so much about violence but money and and girls and being flappy and just like you know mumble hip-hop and i don't even know what the hell is going on uh today (laughs) like it's so crazy to keep up with all the rappers i feel like there's way too many and there's way too many names to keep up with um for my money um I, i in no particular order of all time I'm putting Eminem on the list. Um, he is one of my all-time favorites. Um, he's really the one that got me to fall in love with hip-hop. So he's on the list. He, no matter what, I mean, his stuff lately, his last couple albums have been pretty like depressing. But his his uh, old stuff is just too good to, to overlook. Um, so he's on the list. I would put, I would put Tupac on the list. Um, I love Tupac because Tupac to me was, was, was real. Like he was very raw. He spoke about, um, a lot of social issues, um, talked about personal stuff in his music and his music just seems so real and you can kind of paint a picture of his words and he, he died early, but, you know, the songs that he made that got released later in life and everything, it just, everything, it was just so good um, that I think today, if he was still rapping today, he would be um, phenomenal. Um, for, for that same reason, like, I want to say Biggie, but I don't think Biggie would translate today. I think... Um, I think he would have fallen off, and I feel like that's super disrespectful to him. Um, uh, I definitely think uh, um, whether or not that would obviously, but I can't put him on the list for that reason. Um, I wish I could. Uh, let's see. I would put Nas on the list of greatest ever. Um, I think Nas is absolutely... Uh, incredible! I got. Uh, I was telling you earlier off off the show that I got to see him in college, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so I think he would make the list. Um, let's see. someone I absolutely love that I don't think a lot of people would agree with is uh, Ludacris. I love. I think Luda is so witty and I think he's so great lyrically 
um, and he always puts a hit together. Like, everything that comes from Luda, I think, is fantastic. Um, like, he, I don't think he's ever let me down. So, for me, personally, uh, I would put him on the list um, of greatest ever. Um, and then, Wow, fifth one is tough. You know, you haven't mentioned your boy T.I. yet. I know. I would just say I wouldn't put him in the greatest out. T.I. is like, um, for me, he's like a personal top five, like, for me, but in the grand scheme of, like, greatest ever, like if I was putting it on a, a Mount Rushmore type thing, he, he wouldn't be on it. He's like, for some reason, I just fell in love with him, and I don't know why. Um... <laughs> I, I just, it will always surprise me why I did. It makes no sense. Like, some Southern rapper raps about things that I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I think I'd have to go Jay-Z for my fifth one. I don't know why. I love Jay-Z. I hate Jay-Z. I can't figure Jay-Z out. Um, I, think, I think he would make the Mount Rushmore. Um, I just don't know exactly why I'm putting him there. Like, he's obviously super good, and he's been good for a very, very long time. Um, I think it's my own personal preference, preference that I don't like him as much as other people do, but I think he, um, I think he belongs up towards the top. Uh, we will hold your, your favorite top five rappers now uh, uh, until later in the show because that's a good radio tease. Um, my, uh, my Jay-Z story is the following. The only Jay-Z song I think my mom knows is Empire State of Mind, and he think, and she thinks that, like, that is what Jay-Z is. And, like, doesn't realize that Jay-Z's, you know, material is nothing like Empire State of Mind. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. They're it's, I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. I got to see Jay-Z once. Uh, watch the Throne Tour, and that's Today, my favorite concert I think I've ever been to. I thought it was absolutely incredible because I'm obsessed with Kanye. And, you know, like I said, Jay-Z is incredible. So just the two of them together and just the production that they put into that was phenomenal. But you're right, Jay-Z is nothing like Empire State of That's pretty funny, though. Um, all right. And by the way, for those of you who are watching the second round of the Century Tournament of Champions on Golf Channel, that was a heck of a shot from Johnny Vegas out of the shrubbery. Um, I try to get golfing on this podcast somewhere, you know, because hey. it's in the name, it's in the logo. I, I try to get it in there. Golf's uh, great. I mean, golf's a great sport. you got to talk about it whenever you can. You know it. Uh, Yankees get Giancarlo Stanton. Your reaction, obviously, as a Red Sox fan, wasn't very good. Do you have any faith that this Red Sox roster is currently constituted can contend with the Yankees in the East? So, I guess I would describe uh, my feeling towards the Sox. Um, as the news described, this uh, bombogenesis, the snowstorm, <laughs> the videos that I saw yesterday up there just flooding in Boston. Like, they're flooding the street, and then Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cell, hold on, Nick. Your cell connection's breaking up. I think you may have to move around in that room again. Am I good? 
All right, let's try this. Um, uh, go ahead. You were you, you were saying something about uh, a bombogenesis. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, the, the bombogenesis. So uh, on the news, Boston, like the streets of Boston yesterday, like flooded. Right. And then so these cars were flooded, and then it froze over. So these cars are nice, and it's just depressing. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That, no, you broke up again. You can't move your body. <laughs> you got to keep your body in one place. I'm moving. All right, well, I will let Nick move by telling you that on the 13th hole, Mark Leishman has just driven it into the left rough. That's a good lie in the uh, Bermuda. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Let's try this position. You need Wi-Fi calling. It's a feature on your phone, and figure out how that works, and that'll and that'll allow your phone calls to be done over Wi-Fi, and then you won't have this problem. It's a, it's a war zone. It's my first time as a guest, and I'm ruining it. You, know? you are not ruining any podcast, Nick. You're just you, you you are just extending its length because of the technical difficulties. No, it's, it, it makes it raw and real. I hate polished podcasts. I, I listen to this one podcast that sounds like it is so edited. And, like, that's not what I believe a show should be. It's freewheeling. It's, it's live. I mean, this isn't live live, but it's, it's real. I'm not going to edit anything unless you, like, say anything really bad. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking about the, the Yankees, so I might be saying some bad things. Uh-oh. All right. Let's uh, to take three. Bobo Genesis. So, basically, street flooded, cars froze. It's miserable out there in Boston. That's my feeling towards the Red Sox. It's miserable. You have now the top two home run hitters <laughs> in, in the entire league. Okay. Uh, so, um, sorry, we're on teeing it up. Nick Fouché's with me. We're talking about the Yankees. You said that they didn't give anything up. Because now I think you're playing for the wild card, 
and that um, is always scary because you're not necessarily guaranteed to make the playoffs. The Red Sox, the biggest issue with the Red Sox is their power. They have absolutely no power. They have as much power uh, as I do if I went up there and I could hit 95. Like, it's it's bad. Um, so they definitely need to focus on getting a power bat or two. Um, they keep talking, you know, rumors swirling about signing J.D. Martinez. And, you know, great, that's fantastic. But is it going to happen? Who knows? You know, like, definitely bring power to the lineup, but if you're going to have one extreme power bat, you need, you need some help. Hanley Ramirez is should be your power bat. He is so inconsistent and scary. And then it's like the second home run getter on your team is like Mookie Betts and Mitch Moreland, who they just signed. And you can't get it done with that. You just can't. So they definitely have some catching up to do. They need some power. Um, I think they're going to do very well this year. Again, I think they're going to be a playoff uh, team, essentially a playoff contender. I think they'll have the wild card. Maybe they'll give a Yankees a run for their money, but I think the power struggle in the AL East has shifted to um, the Yankees in the Yankees' favor. So I think you'll see Yankees number one this year, as much as it pains me to say it. Um, they should be at the top. We've had technical difficulties tonight on Nixon. We've had technical difficulties tonight on my end. Sometimes this Podbean app, which is wonderful. Thank you, Podbean, for hosting, teeing it up. If you press the wrong button, it pauses the show, and then you hit the thing, and then it overrides something. So leading into that segment, he named Jay-Z as his fifth best rapper. I talked about how my mom thinks that she knows Jay-Z by Empire State of Mind. We talked about a, a Bombo Genesis story involving um, how everything was like the apocalypse in downtown Boston, and then obviously you heard Nick's thoughts about the Yankees um, and and the fact that this team is just way better than anybody else in the East. Um, and I hope that this listen of this podcast has been fluid. But as we said, Nick, this will be a freewheeling podcast, and this is yep. what it's turned into, a freewheeling technical difficulties to make it you know the first time like make it exciting you never know what's going down so that's right because we're not giving out any cars or any money on this show so you know right um and coming up later on teeing it up is nick's top five current favorite rappers um (laughs) uh and now i completely lost my train of thought yes you are obsessed with wrestling as much as i am obsessed with golf um I don't get wrestling. I don't get professional wrestling. I think it's stupid, ridiculous. You've heard my thoughts on this. I can't, you can't buy me. You, you couldn't pay me to watch it. You couldn't pay me to go to it. You couldn't pay me to participate in it. You couldn't pay me to read about it, subscribe to WWE Network, anything. I mean, look, the only ladders and tables and chairs I know are the ones that are like in your house. You're going to hook up lights and stuff. Um... Why the heck? So, not you specifically, because if, if I ask you about you and wrestling, this whole podcast is just going to be, you know, you and your love of wrestling. Why is professional wrestling as popular as it is? The thing routinely brings in 3 million plus viewers every week on the USA Network. What am I missing as to why it became so mainstream in America? Um, 
I get the answer. I think the easiest answer I can give to that is there's there's a certain um, there's a magic behind it that you you can see when you're a kid, and then in some kids, it just it never goes away. And obviously, it doesn't go away in a lot of kids because it is extremely, extremely popular. Um, for me, it's always been um, larger than life. Like it's it's this it's this show. It's this uh, you know event where um, you have essentially real life superheroes. And for me, I always picture myself like I close my eyes like when I was a kid. And I just, you, you just dream of, you know, WrestleMania, the biggest show of the year. It's the show Super Bowl, and your theme song hits, which I think is the coolest thing in the entire world, the fact that people have a theme song. Like, I wish I every room I entered, I my theme song played. I, for some reason, that's just the coolest thing. And then when they leave, they get their theme song too, uh, too. If I could have any type of power in the world, I think that's what it would be, just to have my own song so people know I'm, I'm coming. Um, but the theme song hits, and you walk out, and there is just 100,000 people cheering and screaming or booing you. Like, it's just, oh, my God. It's so, it's so cool. And I think when you're a kid, it's, it's real. Like, you don't. It's, you don't know that it's scripted. You don't know that, you know, the finish is already planned and all this stuff. And for you, it's just this its this raw feeling that it's kind of like this violent soap opera that you see all this drama play out in front of you, all these people talk all this smack, and they go out and they battle it out in the ring, and you got a winner, and, you know, someone's a champion, which is like the coolest feeling. And you don't know that they play this thing out and then they go backstage and they giggle about it and then they spend their millions of dollars doing whatever the hell they want. So when you're a kid, it's, it's just you get that feeling and that feeling with people that are still fans as adults, um, it stays with them. There's not many people I know that have become fans of wrestling at a later age. I think it all starts when you're young. Um, because you don't know any better, and then when you start to know, I don't think you really care that it is fake. Like, when I found out I didn't care to me, it turned into a TV show. So now you have your favorite TV show. Everyone watches Netflix all the time. You have a script. You watch action play out. Um, you know, you have comedy. You got all this stuff. Wrestling is the same exact thing. If you just look at, like, a TV show, there's a script, there's action, there's drama, there's humor. Um, it's, 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 it's wild. Like, it's just this whole production. And the coolest part about it is there's no off-season. There's seasons of the show. Um, but there's a, two shows every week, Monday night and Tuesday night, and they happen no matter what. Last year... Um, they had a Monday Night Raw get snowed out. It was in Hartford, and it, they, we, we got a snowstorm, and they had to cancel the show. They still put a Raw on the air. They did it from the WWE headquarters in Stanford, so they were still a show. Like, they just, there's no rainouts, there's no cancellations, 
Like, it's always on TV, and I think that is, as a fan, you know, it's super cool. So I've been watching wrestling, like, every single week. Um, so I understand it's way, I think it's much different now, but I still have the same feelings um, that I had when I was a kid, like the beginning feelings of how cool it was. I definitely look at this different now that I know what's happening, but there's still that raw emotion behind um, what it represents. So Interesting. I, I, I purposely left some dead air there because I think we need to comprehend what you just said. Um, no, <laughs> it, it's, it's in, in all seriousness, as much as I am disinterested in wrestling and probably will always be, you have the same love that I have for Survivor. It has become your obsession the same way that Survivor has become my obsession. And that's the... In in, all, in 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 complete seriousness, I I have so much respect for people like you who find something, a sport, a show, whatever that they're passionate in, and they become obsessive because that just becomes what can you know help you on bad days, and that's obviously wrestling for you, and it has um, for many people in this country, um, especially those um, young in the world who I think see a vision of themselves that they would love to pursue. Um, the other thought that I had while listening to your answer is that you're so going to walk into your wedding to a wrestling theme song-like oh, thing, aren't you? 100%. My brother, my brother's a wrestling fan, um, my older brother, and I was the best man at his wedding. And he, for my best man speech, um, I came into a WWE theme song, I did my speech, and then we ended uh, with Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song, and we, you know, clanked our beers together like he does, and that's how we finished, so I I would definitely plan on that, Um, whether my future wife is going to be into that is uh, another question, I don't think it's going to matter, because I'm going to do it anyway, because it's just too cool, (laughs) but I just, it's it's just, uh, it's a weird obsession, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I look at it as people, like, people love superhero movies, they love anime, they love all this stuff, and you're like, oh, you know, you're such a nerd on that. Like, I'm a huge wrestling nerd. Um, that's my thing. And, you know, it's definitely not for everyone, as you said. Like, you, you can't like it. Um, but, you know, it's a nice escape. It's it, it's definitely the WWE, I think, is super life-changing for uh, bunch of individuals in many different ways like John Cena is uh, number one when it comes to Make-A-Wish he does he's done the most Make-A-Wishes by far and you know people really grasp onto the ideas of wrestlers and what they represent and use it in their everyday life so I think you know the company itself I think is super special Um, but no one can convince me uh, that it's not that it's not cool at this point so like, I have no problem walking out in public with wrestling t-shirts or anything like that. Like, I'm, I'm a proud wrestling fan. So, although I will say wrestling fans, um, being at events, are the weirdest people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I love them to death, but they are some strange, strange people. <laughs> uh, teeing up with Jeremy showing Nick Fouché's with us. Um, we're going to save the Celtics and Bruins for your next podcast appearance. Because we're... What? 
we are knee deep into this. I, 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 I did not realize how deep the wrestling and the um, and and the rapper talk we get. No, which is fine. So we're just gonna tease the audience that if you want to hear him talk about the Celtics and the and the Bruins, we'll wait till another podcast. As you know, first-time guests, I ask weird things because I'm weird. Teeing it up is weird. It's an institution, and we strive on weird things. I am holding a pen in my hands. Guess what color the pen is? And, and, and by the way, not what color ink it is because I only use black ink. But guess what color the, the pen itself is? The color of the pen is royal blue. Nope. Red. Oh, that's deceiving. Sponsored by NH Collection, whatever that is. Red, red pen, black ink. Yes. That's wild. I have no idea. Oh, it's a hotel company. NH-Hotels.com. See, that disappointed me. I'm a big and um. As a former teacher, I loved marking students' papers up with a red pen. It is, uh, people say, like, shooting a gun is the most powerful feeling. Um, marking up uh, a student's test with a red pen is just, oh, it's incredible. Let's, let's, let's close it out with this. Top five rappers you recommend people listen to right here, right now, in 2018. Top five rappers right now? All right. Let's see. Uh, J. Cole, definitely on the list. Um, J. Cole's incredible. Uh, so good lyrically. Um, he, he raps about real things, which is uh, pretty, I think, rare these days. Um, he's amazing. Jordan actually put me on to him back in college. So shout out to, to Jordan for doing that because I fell in love with him as well. So. He's definitely up second nick hold on hold on you're breaking up again but we do appreciate the shout out to praise at praise beats um more is the ep we'll hype that again more it's on all your music listening uh, services have you found a better place to complete your list yes okay don't move a muscle i'm not moving a muscle 
Um, and that wasn't even for a plug for praise. <laughs> I just think he's that good. Well, see, I used it as an opportunity to plug him because you had to readjust yourself so that the call wouldn't break up. And and I and I love it. And but that wasn't my doing. I just I I think I think he's awesome, and I think people should um, really listen to his music because I think people would uh, definitely fall in love um, with it. It's it's the guy is is incredible. Um, I would I would say I would say Chance the rapper. Um, Chance is really coming into his own. Um, young, um, independent, um, and he's just. I think he's got a knack for for making a good song. And and the thing I love about Chance is he's himself. Like he's not. He doesn't try to be anyone else. Like he does what he loves. He. You know, says what he wants. He dresses how he wants. He um, makes the music he wants to make, and it, 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 people are really um, loving it. And it's just so he. It, it's just very cool to see um, what he's done, and I think what he can uh, will continue to do. So um, I'm really, uh, I'm really in the chance, and uh, I think to complete the list. Someone that I'm really into, um, but that's definitely not, like, he's definitely, he's famous, but definitely, as far as the rap game goes, definitely not, like, a top guy by any means, um, but that's, uh, Childish Gambino, um, and I've loved Childish Gambino, uh, since the beginning, and I, I mean, I love his stuff outside of hip-hop, um, his acting and his, and his comedy and everything, um, he, Donald Glover, he's just, he's the man, and for some reason, he's just absolutely incredibly talented in everything that he does, and hip-hop is just another one of those things that he just, for some reason, is just super awesome at, so that would be my five right now, um, as, again, hip-hop is crazy, everything is subject to change, but... For right now, I'd say those are my those are my five guys. And that closes your first appearance on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Look, I mean, it was a good time. It was a good time. Some some technical difficulties on both ends. It's just nice, you know, two two dudes having a nice conversation. Exactly. And Brian Harmon just made a birdie, so. You made a birdie, I made a, you know, you made birdies and bogeys, I made birdies and bogeys, and Brian Harmon just made a birdie to play us off the air. Nick, thank you so much for coming on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to come on again. And thank you all for listening. Enjoy.